number happens elsewhere. The next set of three is all about the blood and gore of the cosmos. It's cosmic catastrophes, really. We learn about how black holes rip apart stars. And in fact, we take a person and toss a person into a black hole. Not really, but we describe what would happen if, that, if, if we performed that experiment. And that's pretty gory. But it is the real universe, and we need to know about that sort of thing. Also, in those lectures, we talk about cosmic impacts and what role they've played in the history of life on Earth. The next set of three, we start at the beginning, the Big Bang, and move forward and present to you sort of the frontier of our understanding of the biggest questions of the cosmos. How did the universe get here? How has it evolved? How will the universe continue to evolve into the future? And we end on a set of three lectures which broadly refer to the search for life in the cosmos. It just so happens, anytime I'm on an, aer I'm on an airplane and someone finds out I'm an astrophysicist, I always get asked a series of questions, and the first one, 99 times out of 100 is, is there life elsewhere in the cosmos? So we've saved the best for last. We've saved the most enticing subjects for last because everybody wants to know whether or not we're alone. And we'll tackle those subjects. And we'll do it broadly and talk about how to find environments where you might uh, expect to see life. And not only that, if we find life, what might that life be like? Might it be like us or nothing at all like us? So, welcome to this series of lectures, and let's begin. The On Being series is a set of three lectures on being round, on being rarefied, and on being dense. And these are three sort of properties of matter that, by describing them, take me places in the cosmos and have me describing objects that will show up again in later lectures. So it's not only a philosophical introduction, it's also an introduction in some measure by what objects are brought in to make the examples that we give. So let's begin with On Being Round. You've looked around at globes, at pictures of orbs. Why is so much stuff in the universe round? I don't know if you've ever asked that question, but now that I bring it to your attention, why not? Let's ask it. Why is so much stuff in the universe round? We learn, in fact, that the forces that make things round operate on small scales as well as large scales, because it refers to the energy of a body. And energy likes descending to the lowest energy state it can. So in other words, if you build a house of cards, the, the, the cards don't really want to stay built. If you jiggle it, they all fall down and they get to a lower point on Earth's surface than they once were. This is profound. It wasn't simply that it's a shaky thing. It's that it's natural for things to want to go to the lowest levels possible. That's a natural consequence of physical law. You look around at all the round things in the world. Is there anything nature makes that's not round? Well, yes, there, are, there is. There are a few things. Let's name a couple. Crystals are not round. Crystals have sharp edges. So there's some, there's some action going on. Uh, 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 geochemically that make crystals. And it's beautiful. Crystals are beautiful. That's an exception. Plus, you've got fractured rocks. Those, are, those have angles to them. But by and large, you look around in the cosmos, there are very few things that make angles. Things are round. And in the best of the cases, they make beautiful spheres. Let's make a short list of round things. We've got soap bubbles. 
Soap bubbles around. You, you had those as a kid, of course. Soap bubbles, moons, planets, stars, galaxy halos. Even the observable universe is round. It's a perfect sphere centered on us. And we'll end with that concept to learn exactly what we mean by the observable universe and why it's a perfect sphere centered on us. Now, the way this works is we have forces that want to shape the object in such a way that the surface is minimized. Now, what do we mean by that? Let's take a look at a soap bubble. Soap bubbles are fascinating because no matter the cavity through which you blow this soapy liquid, out the other side comes a sphere. And what goes on there is, since a sphere is the shape that encloses the largest volume with the least surface,